She struggled with trauma as a child, adolescent, and young adult. It came to a point where she felt, and these are her words, like some people are born to be stepped on. But she discovered healing and restoration, and now, with empathy, gifts of healing, and creativity, she moves toward pain and suffering, bringing the compassionate touch from the Father. Welcome, friend, to Jesus Smart, the podcast, episode 33. The horizon we're questing after is that Jesus knows how life works best now, and the future not only belongs to him, it's showing up in the present. See the show notes page for this episode at JesusSmart.com. Trauma beginning in her toddler years, and then self-hatred, negative thought patterns, self-criticism, depression, suicidal tendencies. Tammy would later come to know that Jesus was with her through every moment, and her testimony now is that Jesus touched her with renewal and restoration. Now she's a writer, creative, emerging speaker, inspiring others to emerge from pain and trauma and take their place as daughters and sons of the Father, rejoicing in the Father's world, and even more, partnering with Him in His dream. You can visit her website at TammyHeidenreich.blog. Heidenreich, H-E-I-D-E-N-R-E-I-C-H. We sat down in a restaurant. I'm excited about this conversation with Tammy. Can I encourage you to pass it along to one, two, or even three people you feel would value what you're about to hear? Here's Tammy. I'm excited for you to hear today about the hope and the possibility of coming out of pain and trauma in your life and how the Lord uses that and brings you into a place of restoration and healing. We are here today with Tammy Heidenreich. Tammy's a member of the International Writers Association. She has a bachelor's degree in art therapy and a license in social work and chemical dependency counseling. She worked for several years as a chemical dependency counselor. She has served uh, ministering to children, youth, and inner healing ministry. And she really has a heart for people to encounter the personal relational healing love of Jesus Christ. She attends Bethel Cleveland, uh, where she leads a growth group with her husband. My wife and I are actually part of that group, and we've gotten to know Doug and Tammy. They're a tremendous couple. She's a member of also the ministry team at the church, prayer and ministry team. Besides writing, Tammy is a lover of reading, hiking, taking nature photographs, drawing, and dreaming up worship song lyrics. She's a creative, (laughs) and uh, she and her husband, Doug, have three amazing children, two of which are now young adults. Uh, Let me just mention her website at the beginning. We'll mention the social handles and website at the end as well, but TammyHeidenreich.wordpress.com. Tammy Heidenreich, H-E-I-D-E-N-R-E-I-C-H, and we'll have all these links on the show notes page at JesusSmart.com. Tammy, how are you doing today? How's everything going? <laughs> Very well, thank you. Good. And how are you? I'm doing well. Good. I'm doing well. And we've been chatting here for just a few moments before hitting the record button. And I think you're really going to enjoy the topic today and, and benefit from it. Tam, Tammy is a very uh, empathetic person, prophetic, discerning, moves in gifts of healing. She's just come out with her new book, Brushstrokes of heaven, which that title says a lot, doesn't it? That tells me, what, an artist? (laughs) 
Yes. Right? Yes. Painting in the earth. And the subtitle is Pain and Trauma Touched by the Healing Hand of God. It's available on Amazon. And Tammy, where else is it available online? Is it on Barnes & Noble? Yes, it's also on barnesandnoble.com. Um, um, available on some other online sites as well. Okay, great. And is the book also available as an ebook? It will be. It will beginning, be of September, okay. yes. beginning of September, yes. I'll put it on Kindle. Great. On yeah. Kindle. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully on Barnes & Noble, too, with the Nook. I know that's a different platform and everything, mm-hmm. but hopefully there, too, as well. But Amazon's the main one to make sure it's on, I know. Um, Tammy, what, what is the backstory of this book? Um, I've read it. It goes into quite the story of your childhood and young adulthood mm-hmm. of uh, experiences and traumas you've been through. Um, well, the... Um when I wrote my first book in 2013, um, it was a photography poetry gift book, and it gave a general testimony, um, but it didn't go into a lot of detail. Okay. And some of the readers of that book were asking me for a, to write a book about the details. And I was really praying about it, and I thought, you know, whenever I hear a story about a specific story about something someone's come through, it always builds my faith. It brings me hope. Okay. And... Um, and, you know, I felt like the Lord gave me a green flag to to really go into my story, um, which is really, you know, a, a, a story of overcoming a lot of trauma, post-traumatic stress. Um, you know, the book is meant to to give evidence of, of God's hand in my life. And um, it was actually a faith builder for me to write as I examined my life and looked for um, all the ways God had worked things for good and the ways. Let's unpack that for a second. What was that like? Was that uncomfortable to review all of that or was it a mixture of uncomfortableness (laughs) and hope and faith? How did, how did that process with you? Um, You know, when I, when I started the book, I was really ready. I know that at first um, it took a while for me to be ready and I knew when I was and when I was, it was actually very exciting. It felt like a celebration. Mm, it, okay, it, it it was a real sweet time with the Lord, actually. It, yeah, I really en- I enjoyed it. it. It wasn't uncomfortable for me. Um, very good. But yeah, so I had to be ready. A very yeah. positive experience of, of yeah. reviewing and remembering mm-hmm. how the Lord brought you through. I'm sure going through it at the time, at those moments in your childhood and adolescent years and young mm-hmm. adulthood. Yeah. Of course, it didn't feel that way then, did it? No, not at all. Would you feel comfortable, Tammy, in in sharing some of the um, experiences okay. that the Lord brought you through in your in your childhood and on into young adulthood? You know, a, a lot of the childhood stuff is there's not a whole lot of specific events. Mm-hmm. You know, I did I had an uncle who died who I was very close to in the sixth grade, but you know there was always um, I struggled a lot with self hatred even even as an elementary school kid and. Why was that? I think one of the biggest contributors was the early trauma that I had. I think I really internalized a lot of um, responsibility for a trauma that I went through when I was a a toddler. I know it sounds funny because um, a lot of people don't remember things that happened that long ago. But I think sometimes um, we have body memories and we also emotionally internalize things. Um, When I was um, a toddler, I was hospitalized um, due to dehydration and a high fever and um, was left in the hospital. Um, at that time, they didn't let parents stay with you. Of course, I was fighting a lot to, um, to get the IV out and uh, was actually restrained. Mm. 
And I think at that time, I, I felt I was being punished for something, but I didn't really, you know, have the under I didn't have the understanding to, to know um, that really the the professionals were trying to save my life, <laughs> and my parents were, were trying just to like save two my or life. Three then? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. a toddler. I think just from what I've learned just professionally about the way we deal with trauma, a lot of the pain that we experience is because we believe some sort of lie um, when Mm. the trauma happens. And I think I internalized a lie such as I must be a bad person. You know, I must deserve this. And then, you know, in childhood, I I had a lot of accidents. And I, I think I just, it just sort of built, one thing built upon another. And I think I just sort of internalized. I remember even in elementary school thinking, it sounds so silly, but I remember thinking, you know, some people are just born to be stepped on. And it wasn't a self-pity thing. It was just sort of like, you know, I'm just, I must be worth less than others. Wow. Yeah. Now, what you know now, because you've been trained and you minister, you have experience in ministering mm-hmm. to people now, and of course you've come through your own personal experience in those traumatic moments, like medically or otherwise, mm-hmm. are we vulnerable? I guess. Yes, are we yes, kind of, we are. Can, the, can these lies come in or can there be an assault yeah. upon our heart from the enemy? Yeah, um, definitely. And um, I think that's why it's very important uh, for people to have a lot of support after they go through something. Um, it's very difficult with children, you know, because a lot of times... They're so open. Their hearts are just so open. Right. And a lot of times they have a hard time verbalizing what they're thinking. Uh, that's one of the reasons I fell in love with art therapy, because a lot of times um, things will come out in children's drawings about yes. how they're feeling or how yeah. they're perceiving things. And you can use that to communicate with them and help. Right, yeah. right. Um, but even as adults, I think oftentimes we internalize uh, things that aren't true. We might not even be aware of it. Can that happen at a subconscious level? Oh, definitely. Can we internalize and take on board these impressions and sort of own them ourselves? Definitely. Subconsciously? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think it's it's real important to, to have um, people in our lives that we can be honest with about what we're thinking. Yeah. Sometimes just in talking, people will can help. That's how we can show love to one another is we can help each other identify when we're believing something that's not true and replace it with what is true. Yeah. If some of these things, if we take some of these things on board in our childhood or adolescence or even young adulthood, at some point we have to do some interior work to kind of expose those lies yes. and replace them with... Yes. And... Um, yeah, I think community is very important. I, I remember realizing that even reading scripture, I mean, scripture, um, you know, it's scripture can highlight to us things that we're believing that aren't true because it's full of truth. Um, but a lot of times we can even read scripture through sort of tainted glasses. Okay. You know, like, for example, even like the love your neighbor as yourself. Um, you know, a lot of people just see the love your neighbor part and they, you know, and they forget that part of love is also taking care of ourselves, Yeah, you know, and having a balance in our life of giving that's right. and getting recharged. Um, that's just, you know, a, maybe a common example. You know, scripture is, is real important. Um, but I think also, um, fellowship and, um, you know, really being with people who can really hear our hearts and yeah, we're kind meant of to discern, live in community, aren't we? right, 
Right. We're meant to go through life together. Right. For the Christian in communities of faith, in the church, right? Mm-hmm. And walk with others. Uh, did you see similar patterns throughout your adolescence? Um, yes, I think, um, I think I internalized a lot of... Um, you know, uh, false responsibility, which just added to, you know, the, the low self-worth and the self-hatred I was carrying. And, you know, I struggled with, um, uh, you know, thoughts of suicide and an eating disorder. Um, hmm. uh, and so already in your adolescence, was there like, were you struggling with depression? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I um Self-loathing. Yes. Yes. That. You know, I remember... Um, being on a adolescent uh, youth retreat and uh, we did this exercise where we would tell one another um what colors we it was almost a prophetic exercise but i don't think they really um identified it as such but okay. i believe the lord used it that way all right but we would we would tell each other what color that um that person reminded us of okay. and why so it was the room would be just filled with affirmations you know uh, building one another up i remember it felt so good you know, and I think I was really hungry for that because I, you know, my mind was in such a pattern of self-criticism. You know, I just think it's real important for, for children and, and youth to, um, to have people in their lives who really build them up and see the gold in them. Yeah. And uh, especially, you know, as parents, you know, we're training our kids and we're correcting them. And a lot of times, you know, we really need to make sure we're balancing it out by acknowledging their strengths and cheering them on. And Yeah, parents can get frustrated with things, you know. Yeah. And sort of major on the negative and minor on the gold. Right, yeah. right, yeah. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, I definitely, it was a chronic thing, I would say, through through childhood and adulthood, you know, or, or adolescence. Um, in early adulthood, you know, always fighting the, the negative thoughts and the self-criticism. And um, I think learning about, you know, cognitive therapy, you yeah. know, really helped me um, okay. in college. What but did you learn there about cognitive? Um, Were you just, going through therapy at some point where you learned about it or was um, it just in, in your education? Yeah, both. Okay. All right. um, and, you know, learning about it and then having a, a counselor even walk through it with me you know, yeah. just took it to a whole what's, other what's level. The, what's the shorthand for cognitive therapy? <laughs> it's basically, you know, we do it a lot as Christians when we replace lies with the truth of God's word. You know, it's um, identifying the negative self-talk. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I know it comes from secular, like, research. I think mm -hmm. it came out of the University of Pennsylvania, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you learn about cognitive therapy, it sounds a lot like the Bible. Yeah, it's uh, it really you know trans being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Yeah, you know. So it's like becoming aware of your self-talk. Mm -hmm. uh, like human beings are unique. You know, we're different than the animals. We're able to sort of, if we get help to do it, we're able to stand outside of ourselves and think about how we think. Yes. You know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> to recognize that's right. those thought patterns and then. It's amazing when the lights get turned on and you realize all the shoulda, woulda, coulda talk and mm -hmm. the self-deprecating thinking patterns that may be happening and how we have to recognize that mm -hmm. and then positively replace it with affirmations and, and ways of thinking. And the Bible talks a lot about that. And I think, you know, those of us who are... Um introverts and tend to be thinkers okay. and reflectors. Um, 
it's a it's a weakness it's a and a strength. Yeah, I think it's it's a bigger strength <laughs> until we get a handle on it, you know. <laughs> and then and then we can uh, make sure we're keeping our thoughts lined up with what's true. Ah, I wish I could remember the author right now and the title of the book, but she's made quite a splash on like TED Talks and. It's a book about those about introverts. It's mm-hmm. called Quiet. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, I don't. I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm going to drop that book in and maybe the TED Talk video um, on the show notes page. But it's resonated with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Something like 40 percent of people are introverts. Okay. You know, we may only think it's 10 percent. No, it's uh. more like 40. <laughs> yeah. And what she brings out is that there's great strengths in introverts. They tend to be gifted. Mm-hmm. They tend to be deep thinkers, uh, composers. Creative you know, a lot of creatives, musicians, and mm-hmm. artists, and writers, and uh, but not just those like finer arts, but a lot of creative people have been have been introverts, surprisingly so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of times you, you can't tell because we can be outgoing. Yeah, you we, can get up on the stage and talk. Right, we can be outgoing, but it's it's a matter of um, we get our energy from being alone. Yeah, yeah. Rather than being with people. Like yeah. a sanguine <laughs> extrovert that just gets the energy from the party scene, right? right? Getting in a room filled with people at a dinner party or something. Right. What about college? What happened at college? Um, well, right before college, uh, I had a wonderful experience. I, I went on a retreat um, on the east side of Cleveland. It was actually, a, it was during the charismatic movement. It was a Catholic charismatic retreat. Okay. And it was an inner healing retreat. Oh, wow. And um, I had an awesome experience of um, healing um, over, uh, you know, that I had still, was still carrying a lot of grief from the death of my uncle and uh, they did a neat imagery experience. And I think through that and hearing testimonies of people, I, I really had a revelation of God's unconditional love and that he knew me and that he knew my pain and that he loved me unconditionally. Hmm. And I really turned my life over to him at that point. I felt like a new person. I really was that, did. Was that a born again experience it for you? It definitely at, was. At that point? Yeah, it so definitely really was. before then, you don't necessarily feel that you were. You, you know, it's you, hard. It's hard to know. I know you yeah. were raised in the Roman Catholic Church, right? Right. And I, and I definitely. Um, I had a relationship with him. I talked with him, okay. I, but I didn't really understand something, who he was. I didn't really understand at least new grace. And fresh happened there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think at that point it was either when I, I true, was truly born again or, or really just surrendered um, to having him as Lord over my life. You know, real choice to, to follow, so was that to abandon just myself. Like preceding college? Right just preceding college. And so I, um, I went to college just busting with love and excitement. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I, I mentioned the book, you know, I, I had people ask me if I was high on drugs or if I was in love because I was just excited. I was, you know, S- something happened to her. Yeah. <laughs> talking Whatever to people to her, about I'll Jesus. Have it, right? Yeah. You probably had some yeah. Girls saying that or oh, yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. Like that. I had someone say, well, whatever you, you have what can I how can I get it you know it was a great opening to share the gospel yeah. um, but I, I really um, I did well I think I I didn't really understand um, my need for um, community I did have some and I eventually I got involved in a group um, called Navigators uh, which was a great Christian yeah. fellowship but I still really struggled to um, 
be honest with people. I, I don't think I really knew, be, especially being an introvert. I, it, it was rare, but I didn't really, I was, I stuffed a lot of emotions. I still didn't know how to express anger, be in touch with the fact that I was angry, things like that. There was, so there still wasn't a lot of intimacy with re, in my relationships. And I think, um, even with God, even though I journaled every day, I talked to him, I think I wasn't really at that depth of intimacy that I needed to heal and to avoid some pitfalls, I think. Um, okay. You know, yeah, that was kind of my college experience. <laughs> I, um, I grew a lot, you know, I was away from home. I, I studied the Bible a lot. Um, you met your husband there. I dog. met my husband there, yeah. Um, and uh, I think... You know, he was one of the the, f- the first people I think that um, I really um, trusted. You know, really trusted. And well, heck, he he made a promise to be with me forever. So, so you know, it it, it was yeah, it was it was good. I'm I made a good pick there. Was God he, made a good uh, pick. What was his church background? Was he he um, he was raised in the Lutheran Church. Lutheran Church. Yeah, we, and so t- I always joke that it was kind of like the law met grace. <laughs> you know, I think the Catholic Church is really getting a handle on grace um, more so, and especially during the Charismatic Movement. But um, and now I, th- I feel like a revival is happening. But but I think I I did um, internalize a lot of thinking that I had to earn God's favor and. Uh, please him and you know even though I had that revelation at the retreat of his unconditional love I think I still was sort of deprogramming from some old beliefs Okay, sure. and, and then I met Doug who you know I think really had a handle on grace you know and so I, I think that was another reason why I struggled to be real honest with now, what uh, was driving that in you do you think that sense of like duty or that sort of that law vibe on you was it what was that I think I still was was still internalizing the fact that I was there was nothing I could do to lose God's love you know in that or I couldn't earn any more of it it's just you know I recently posted on my site you can't do anything to make God love you more or you can't make any do anything to make God love you less it's he loves you because you're his child and I think I still had that performance kind of, um, you know, if I fail, you know, he's not happy with me. He's, you know, he's going to withdraw love from me. It might not have been conscious, but definitely yeah. subconsciously. Would, would you identify yourself as like an idealist or a perfectionist? Definitely. Have you dealt with that? Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Slowly and slowly those chains are falling off. And yeah. Yeah. And what about your accident? You you were involved in a car accident. Um, you? Yes, um, we were. Our 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 um, our wedding original wedding date was September eighth, and I got into a car accident um, August third. Um, I was actually picking my husband up uh, from his job and uh, was at an intersection. It was right at the bottom of an overpass, and I looked both. I was I was borrowing my mother-in-law's stick shift, which I barely knew how to drive a <laughs> stick shift. I was still learning, but to make a long story short, I pulled out, and car hit me from the left, and I was pushed into a car coming from the right. Um, no one else was seriously injured, um, and I ended up knocked unconscious and broke up my clavicle several ribs 
pelvic bone. Wow. I was actually um, didn't come to well, I came to consciousness in the the ambulance, um, but they said I had amnesia. I don't even remember it. They said I didn't know my name or anything, but it was pretty serious. I was they they um, my husband called my parents who were uh, almost two hours away to come because the the nurses, you know, I was in critical danger. I could have died. I was bleeding internally. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that was just before your weddings. Did that did that yeah. push your wedding date? Yeah, it pushed you had to the reschedule, didn't you? Yeah, end of November we ended up yeah. being right. wow. Thanksgiving weekend. We were very grateful to be alive. What a thing to happen, right? <laughs> right, you know, leading up to a wedding like that. I yeah. Mean, and, and you were probably what in your last year of studies or graduating? I or had just graduated. Had just graduated. Yeah, I just it's graduated. I just got hired time. for my first job. It was the place where I interned as a chemical dependency counselor. Okay. I was very excited about that, and. Uh, yeah, two weeks away from insurance kicking in, so I had a big hospital bill. Oh, it was all over. Wow, was, wow, that was rough. Well, um, Tammy is—I know you've mentioned this possibility to me. Are there are there patterns that you can see over the course of your childhood and adolescence and early adulthood? I don't know how else to say it, but like an assault upon you, <laughs> an assault upon your heart and upon. Maybe your future. You know, during one one of the last, one of my last traumas, um, which I talk about in my book, I um, I remember th- reflecting on everything and, and thinking, you know, I felt really at a crossroad. It was sort of like either I'm going to believe that God doesn't care about me, He's not protecting me, or I'm going to, you know, realize that what what I preach really that God is not the author of pain and destruction. You know, that he, he doesn't cause it, but he, but he definitely heals it. And I had this revelation of, I thought, you know, I wonder if in the beginning, you know, when I was, a, when I was born, if the enemy, you know, if the devil knew that I had a destiny and that the destiny was about healing. And from the very start with that hospital stay was after my life, trying to cut that short, or at the very least, discourage me from following through with that. Right. But, you know, as we know that, you know, God, what the enemy means for harm, God works for good. Yeah. And in God's sovereignty, you know, he knew that all those, these things that the enemy was going to do to try and stop me would only enhance my ministry, mm. you know, and my heart for people who are broken and hurting. Yeah. And, and when I had that revelation, you know, something rose up in me, and I thought, you know, the enemy's not going to win. I'm not going to be discouraged, and I'm going to persevere. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I actually started to develop a gratitude uh, for what has happened because it definitely has caused me to uh, have increased intimacy with God that I wouldn't trade for the world because I've needed him. I've needed his, his love and his compassion so badly. So, so you do have room in your theology, if you will, <laughs> for this idea that, um, I mean, everybody's different. Everybody has unique callings and assignments in their life. Everybody has unique temperaments and mm-hmm. pathways that God has, you know, set forth for people in their, in their childhood and as they emerge into adulthood. The spiritual warfare thing, I mean, is it true that we could come under an assault that's like targeted, a, a strategic assault? Mm-hmm. upon our giftedness or upon our future assignments and yet the lord will use that all things work together for good right Romans definitely 8, those who i mean we, we see see it happen in joseph's life um you know he was destined for greatness he was destined to, to 
to save his family from a famine. Um, and all kinds of things happened to him. His own brothers betrayed him, and, and he ended up in jail. And uh, there's, you know, and that, that whole falsely story, accused, I think. Falsely accused, yeah. Right, falsely accused. And I remember, you know, it's interesting how God has just continued to be faithful to encourage me. Um, I remember right after the car accident, being drawn to that story. I remember I was so exhausted. I was recovering from the car accident. I had mono. <laughs> And I was trying to just really dive into that story and, and focus on the fact that God works all things for good and that he has a plan. And I, th I had the thought of, oh, if someone could just read it to me. And I got in the car with my fiance, my husband now, and, I, and he said, Tammy, how would you like to listen to this? And he put in a cassette tape, and it was the story of Joseph. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was with music. It was kind of like a musical. Okay. And I thought, this is so funny. You know, God is so good. Way to go, Doug. You came yeah. through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, That's great. So, yeah, he definitely, um, I think he, he does, I don't think he causes pain, but, but he, he, he'll allow it, and I think the blessing outweighs the pain. I'm just seeing, I'm seeing it. You and feel it's worth it, what the Lord has brought you through, I, I and do. the transformation that you've experienced through the process. I, I really do. And, it, you know, and it, it's not something that I try and, um, when people are going through pain, you know, I don't say, oh, be grateful for this, you know, <laughs> but because um, it took a while for me to get there, you know, but I definitely, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it. I think that probably people that know you like in, in your community of faith would probably say that you have like a therapeutic calling on you, like a, like the gifts of healing that mm -hmm. the Apostle Paul talks about. Uh, it's interesting that in that in that one list of spiritual gifts, I think it's First Corinthians 12, that it's the only gift that's listed in the plural there. It's the gifts of healing. Do you feel there are different gifts of healing that are given as spiritual gifts for different targeted <laughs> cures or, or needs mm -hmm. to, be, to be applied to? I, I think so. And there's so many methods of healing. Yeah. You know, just, be, <laughs> just being involved in art therapy and there's music therapy and... Uh, there's, you know, there's counseling. There's, I mean, there are different ways that God yeah. uses being prayed over, being in prayed a over, way. laying on of hands, anointing with oil, um, and yeah. then there's nutrition, nutrition, Exercise, definitely, yeah. definitely. Some people are real leaders with that, and it, and it brings people healing and freedom, and they're all gifts from God. Sure, they're gifts from God. Yeah, and I think he's too, he's a great physician, right? We also, all of us, go through different experiences, and so based on the experience we've gone through, we have a special anointing to help people who are going through that very thing. You know, if we've overcome cancer or we've overcome um, abuse or addiction, you know, I think we have a special anointing to, you know, to come along someone and beside, beside someone to help them through that. I'm sure many of you will know Steve Witt, the senior leader of Bethel Cleveland. And he says of Tammy and her book that Tammy has a persevering quality to endure hardship. The larger quality, though, is to interpret it rightly and maintain sanity in its aftermath. Pastor Steve is such a writer, isn't he? Yes, I mean, he's, uh, yeah, he's that got was the so heart of beautifully a written. Prophet and a writer <laughs> and, and all of it combined. I, I just, I just really, I've, I've seen that. But her enduring strength, he goes on to say, through horrendous challenges, serves as a hopeful testimony to the grace of God, the sweet compassion and the fragrance of a better life rises from every page. 
I hope that you enjoy your journey of healing, that your life may also have the scent of possibilities that are reflective in this meditative work. So well written. <laughs> and if you read this book, and I hope you will, it is elegantly written. It has oh, thank an you. elegant artistic touch on it. It's also prophetic. It's therapeutic. So what are you hoping that readers will take away from this book? I think one of the biggest things is uh, an increased faith that no matter what they have gone through or will go through, that they are never alone. I was, it's funny, just yesterday I was spending time with the Lord and he, he, it's funny because he, I felt like he brought up the conversation and he said, you know, you were, you were really lonely a lot of times when you were little. And I said, oh, I know, but I'm, I'm over it. You know, I'm good now. <laughs> and he said, well, I want you to know something. He said, there was not, he said, it's not like I was in and out checking on you through all the things you went through. He said, I was with you every second, every millisecond. Wow. And I sensed him telling me, I want other people to know this, that there's not a second, there's not a millisecond in their life from the time they're conceived, you know, to the time they're with me <laughs> in heaven, that I am not thinking of them, loving them, um, wanting to them to be released from things that are holding them back, wanting them to know the truth. Uh, and I think that's the takeaway I want people to have is that he that he was always with them and always will be, always is, always loving. And to really also to be inspired to see evidence of that, because there is, there is. I, I believe if they have trouble, ask him. He'll, sh he'll show them. He'll show you. Yeah. yeah it's, it's such a faith thing, isn't it? Because we, we do feel lonely. Mm -hmm. And what does the scripture say? We, we, we love him, though we do not see him. We love him, right? Mm -hmm. The yeah. Lord. And um, it's such a massive issue, isn't it? A massive problem that many, many of us have in different ways in life. Right. Loneliness. And it can drive people to do things they never thought they would do, to mm -hmm. get caught up with people they never thought they would get caught up with, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Substance abuse or try to medicate it in some, in some way. You know, yeah. Wow. The Lord has reminded you that I was with you every second and I was watching and observing and with you. So that's a leading takeaway you want readers to have. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. you've heard it said about a book that the, the value of a book is that you're, you're really benefiting from somebody's either knowledge or their experience. It's quite a deal to get that. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's quite an ordeal for people to live through things and then to write about it and make it available, um, the principles and the teaching of it to others. It's, it's quite a valuable thing. Um, Tammy, would you like to, I know you have some poetry in this book as well as even personal words from the Lord that you were very vulnerable about, about sharing. Is, is there a poem that you would like to read and maybe the background of, of, that, of that poem? This is one of the first poems I wrote when I was getting ready to write my first book. And... It, and it really reflects my um, my eagerness to to kind of give back for all the uh, to, in gratitude for all the people that have helped me heal. So I, I wrote it, my back story in the in the second book says the healers was written as I reflected on the many compassionate contributors to my emotional and spiritual healing over the years. So you you would like me to read it? Yes, <laughs> okay. please, please do. All right, the healers. A team of healers, some near, some distant, some in my memory of words and warmth, 
in colors arranged tenderly, in poetry and melody, in story or embrace or gentle smile. Healers of the heart, some invisible, angel warriors, comforters, guides, and rescuers. May I join the former or partner with the latter? All partners with my king, whose power melts frozen hearts. My earnest desire is to hear his heartbeat until mine follows and others hear it in my expressions. Praying they will see it or read it or feel it or dance to it as chains fall and they are drawn to press their ear to the chest of the king and continue the cycle that sets captives free. You know, art forms like poetry or lyrics to music or painting, you know, art therapy, you know, painting, drawing, they can open us up emotionally, right? Oh, yes. Sort of like drop beneath our frontal cortex in our brain, you know, that that level that we spend a lot of time in, ruminating and obsessing there and drop down to the heart level. It's really good. Is there something else Thank you'd you. like to read there? Well, here's one that uh, really reflects kind of the message of my book um, that, you know, God was always there. And um, it says that the poem is called Always. And it's about the grief I felt after I lost my third and fourth child before they were born. Um, hmm. I wrote, the pain felt unbearable, but the faith that God is constantly with me sustained me. Um, so I'll read it. Always. Floods of pain pour from my heart in streaming tears, words of grief, questioning, and fear. Yet he is glad I'm there, with an aching heart, choosing to trust, reaching for him, seeking his face, calling his name, Jesus, Jesus, not running, not hiding, turned inside out. A shred of faith is more than enough to open my ears and hear a voice in a gentle breeze, even within walls. He says, I may seem far, but I am here always. Yeah, wow, the constancy, the consistency, right? Mm -hmm. The loyalty of the Lord to us, the steadfastness, that covenant love. And you also include in the book what I assume are personal words from the Lord to you that you've recorded? Yeah. Written down? Do you feel at liberty to share one of those? Sure, sure. I was, uh, I just, you know, I was getting ready for, to talk with you and I I opened to this one and I thought, well, this, this will work. Um, (laughs) If, you know, if he asked me to share one, Um, I, you know, there's a lot of times when I, especially when I'm walking or just in my prayer time and I'll record what I sense him saying to me. And so this is, this is one of them. And this, this was at a time where I was doing inner healing ministry and I was feeling sort of, uh, you know, am I equipped to do this because I'm still healing myself from things? And this is what I sensed him saying. I can use you powerfully right where you are to bless others and bring healing and freedom to them. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have all your problems solved. You don't have to be manifesting complete healing in body, mind, and soul. My strength in you overcomes your weaknesses and is working in you to make you more like me. All you have to do is trust me and surrender to my power flowing through you. Just as you are today, you are more than enough for what I've asked of you because I live in you. My mercy and grace not only cover you, but they also empower you. 
I captured an excerpt from your book. Mm-hmm. I think it was one in, in the section, the words from the Lord to you. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to, maybe if you feel free to comment on this, um, the Lord saying to you, you must continue taking the time to create because of the way I designed you. Mm-hmm. Expressing what I give you in images and words will energize you and keep you healthy. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's really good. I mean, do you remember the setting of that or the time of that that, that came um, to you? I think, it, I think that was a personal journaling time. You know, I, I'm always in the search of, really, since I even picked art therapy, uh, this desire to help people come alongside people and to help them find healing and freedom and then the side of me that's very creative. And so I've really struggled with you know, how do I navigate that? Plus, you know, be a wife and a mom and, and all that. And the Lord's really shown me that, cause I've thought of returning to counseling, you know, as a, as a job being employed again or ministry mm-hmm. and how many hours should I do that? And all the details of that. But the Lord's really been showing me that whatever I do, I need to continue to create. Okay. And maybe that's part of being an introvert, that there's something about that process that does energize me. Do you feel it makes you more energetic and healthier in other areas of your life, like as definitely, a mom or a, a definitely. wife or your role at, in the community of faith that you're a part of, right? Definitely. And, it, and it's real easy for me to neglect that because I am compassionate. So, you know, it's real easy. There's so many needs out there. Or you get caught up in other yeah. people's needs and help them. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and I need to realize, you know, it, it's... It, it actually will help everyone in the long run if I'm healthy. It's not going to help anyone if I burn out. Well, as I'm reading this, it's a design issue. Mm-hmm. The Lord's saying, this is the way I designed you. And so you must continue taking the time <laughs> to create Yeah. if you want to be like live it in your best state, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And it's both images and words, do you feel? I yes. Mean, you, yes. It, it's art therapy, right? So like, do you paint? Do you yeah. Draw? You know, I used to do a lot more drawing and, and painting and and I returned to kind of an old love. Uh, when I was a child, I loved to take photographs, especially of animals. And okay. so I've been doing photography, and it's kind of a way to create a composition very quickly, okay. you know, through my camera sure, lens. Sure. And it's it's real compatible with being a mom and being busy and it still expresses my love for color. And so right now my uh, images you know, are my photography. All right. Uh, not that I'll never draw again, but yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. You mean God is the ultimate creative, isn't he? Yeah. And he's <laughs> created us and designed us to create in different ways in our, in our lives. There's, I think that everybody can be creative somehow. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean like you have to paint or draw or do music or write. Mm-hmm. You can be creative in business. Absolutely. Right? You can be creative in, in, in communication. I mean, there's many, many ways you can be creative. Absolutely. Um, and I don't think the adversary is really creative. I think he's more a counterfeiter, mm-hmm. a corrupter, yep. and uh, a poser. I think the beauty is about the Lord and ugly is about the adversary. <laughs> yeah. And there's this, you know, the power of beauty. Appreciate all this. I, I would just really encourage you to go to the show notes page because there are links there to her social media handles, like on her Facebook author page, Twitter, Instagram, as well as a link to her her website. And do you have um, 
once they come to your site, what is the best way? Would you just recommend that people go to Amazon or should they come to your site? Do you have links there to purchase the book? Uh, there are links on my site, but, okay. but the quickest, yeah, the, the quickest, you know, you can get right on Amazon if you uh, put in the keywords, brushstrokes of heaven, uh, it, you, it, right it should up. take you right to the book. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Very good. And the ebook is coming out and are you speaking? I haven't. I am just about to get involved in a group called Toastmasters. Okay. It um, helps you uh, with your speaking skills, and it's been a while since I've s spoken in front of people. I'm getting very excited about doing. I'm nervous and excited, but I, I you know, I, I feel the Lord might be calling me to do more speaking. So this is kind of my way of, you know, discerning Pressing that. In. Yeah. <laughs> Something came to me recently about like a word from the Lord, the power of receiving the word from. A mm -hmm. word from the Lord on, on something specific. And like when Peter was in that boat with the disciples in middle of the night, Jesus is walking on the water in the storm. And Peter, he has something in him that feels like, I want to get out there with him. Mm -hmm. and, he says, <laughs> <laughs> and he says, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come to you. Yeah. And he does say come, of course. Mm -hmm. And Peter gets both feet on the water. And for a while he walked. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I, th I think there are those times in our life where we kind of think like, is that you, Lord? You want me out there with you, like speaking or doing this or whatever it may be, uh -huh. and the power of getting a word. Yeah. You know, when, when, when he says, yeah, I want you out here with me. I, I want you out here speaking with me, or I want you mm -hmm. out here, whatever it is. Um, and, we, and, and we walk on that word, really. Yeah. We walk on that word. Yeah. And, yeah, I've actually had dreams within the last two years of, people handing me a microphone uh -oh. <laughs> and I won't, I'm not going to mention right who those yeah. people are, but, but they're, they're prominent people. And I'm thinking, okay, those, is those this, are, what is this? Are, they yeah. may be just symbolic, you know, it may just yeah. be encouragement. Pastor but. Steve Blake calls those fingerprints. <laughs> that's yeah. what he calls that. That's yeah, like the, so I'm that's like the fingerprints of God when you start <laughs> seeing stuff like that and yeah. along with other things and your own, whatever aspiration or instinct or desire, yeah. your, your own prophetic sense operating in you. Tremendous. Well, Tammy, w would you like to pray for the listeners along these lines? Mm -hmm. I think Pastor Steve touched on it. The real, the real deal here is being able to interpret what you've gone through, right? Mm -hmm. Being yeah. able to uh, not only press through the hardship when you go through it with the Lord, but to interpret it rightly and come to a place of sanity <laughs> yes. in the aftermath. Father, I, I thank you for every person, every heart that is listening um, to this podcast, and I pray that right now they would encounter you, that they would, that you would show them uh, areas in their life where they may have started to believe a lie, and that you would uh, expose that lie, and that they could hear your truth, how you see them, how you love them, how you were there for them, advocating for them in some way. I pray for every heart that to be healed in, in all the areas that needs that they need healing. Um, that for every person to just continue on that path, healing can be a process. That they would discern the steps that they need to take for their healing. Reveal that to them, Lord. Every that you were there, every second, and sh and I just pray that they would just begin in the next days just to. Um, see images, have memories, 
of different ways that you showed that your love and your grace was there with them every moment of their life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, we we just do need, we need you. We need every every hand on deck, so to speak. And I know that when we go through things, especially when we're going through it, it's difficult to interpret because we're in the pain of it, the struggle of it, the trauma of it. But especially looking back, um, you know, I, I really think that Pastor Steve's word is, is key there, the ability from the Holy Spirit to interpret, mm-hmm. to rightly appraise a situation that you've gone through and, and, and kind of re, re-understand it with the vision of the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, it's important for all of us to be healed and to be whole. So um, a good place to start, really, is the power of testimony, reading a book like this. And um, go to your blog, right? You do. Mm-hmm. Um, you offer blog posts from time to time? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I hope to get on there a little bit more often. Okay. Yeah, it's been a while because I've been busy with marketing the book a oh, bit. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah. I'll be back on there. Yeah, launching I've got book some is, things uh, in the works, some blogs. Good. <laughs> Follow on social media. Do you have an email list that people can get on as well? Or will you? Um, sure. Uh, well, you know, I don't have anything set up, but um, if they, I have a, a specific author email. It's authortammy at gmail.com. Okay. Um, and if they want to send me their email, I would love to get them on an email list. Yeah, great. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you, Tammy. I appreciate you. Appreciate Doug and <laughs> Oh, thank you so and, much. Thank you so much for, oh, no, it's, it's for your time. And, and, um, and you know what, yeah. listener, you probably know, some of you probably know that there are people that need to hear this. And just share it with them. Share it with them on Instant Messenger. Grab the link and share it by email. I mean, this particular podcast and, and, and just and just get this conversation into their hands somehow. That'll be a good way to uh, spread the news. OK. All right. God bless you. Thanks so much, Brian. I appreciate how Tammy is emerging more fully into the kingdom contribution she's called to offer others. We need the daughters and sons of the father to be restored and released into their life stories, and all of it fits within the great story of the Father. She's gentle and dangerous to the dark side. Visit her website at TammyHeidenreich.blog and get your copy of her book, Brushstrokes of Heaven, Pain and Trauma Touched by the Healing Hand of God. Thanks, friend, for rating, reviewing, and following this podcast, iTunes, and other major podcast apps, also Spotify and YouTube. It helps others discover the content to see if it's a good fit for them. Plus, it keeps you connected. Here's an idea. Grab a screenshot of this episode and share it on social media. Tag it with pain, trauma, healing, maybe recovery, brushstrokes from heaven, or however you see fit. Or you can just share it directly from your favorite listening app. Visit JesusSmart.com to see the show notes page for this episode. There you can leave thoughts and questions. There's also a contact page to reach out. I want to encourage you to explore the series we're on, our mini-sode series, Apostolic Christ Following. These are bite-sized mini-sodes, very digestible, and I'm excited for the edges we're pursuing there. As always, with Jesus, our horizon is brilliant. Make it a smart week, and all the best until next time.